Welcome back to another episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. And on this episode, as as always, I am here. My name is Danger. And I would say joining me, but he's just a, a co-host here. Uh, his name is Monster. Say hi, Monster. Hello. I was going to say, I'm, I guess I'm always here as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a... This is a danger and monster thing. I think a special episode will be when one of us is not here. So I could see yeah. either one of us being able to fill at least 30 minutes about an album we like. Yeah. Or don't like. I mean, you know, to talk about it with somebody else, I feel like I get a lot more mileage out of uh, actually discussing yeah. it. But either way, either way, I don't think anybody wants to listen to me talk for 30 minutes by myself. We'll see I can't. I can't disagree with you. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I really want to listen to myself. All right. On this episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast, we are talking about an album that was a surprise like for me, I guess. Uh, the Ongoing Concept, their album Places. And I know on the previous episode, I actually called it The Places That You Will Go, but the album is called Places and there's a song on it called You Will Go. And I just combined the things in my head for for talking about the album. But the album is just called Places. Now, Monster, I know that you you try to give me a bit about this album and the ongoing concept. And I really was not giving you a lot back because I didn't want to get too much going into this. You know, right. it wasn't it wasn't that I didn't care or that I didn't, didn't want to talk to you about it. But I didn't want to talk to you about it because I didn't want a whole lot extra to go into my head with this one. Because... This album, again, a surprise like for me, but go on, sure. go on. Well, I have a tendency to, you know, want to go ahead and tell you everything that's on my mind. And I, I know I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to wait. Um, but yeah, so this is a band that I first discovered. I don't want to say in 2013, but it was their album Saloon from 2013. They had a really funny music video called Cover Girl. Yep. where they basically go into a elementary school and blast their version of hardcore metalcore with banjos. Yep. And banjo core. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately loved the the sound. I thought it was unique. It was aggressive but it had melody and just from the video I got a vibe of their personalities and I loved that too. Mm -hmm. Um I had listened to bits and pieces of other records and none of them quite hooked me as much as S Saloon did. So I'm sure that I gave places a passing listen at some point, but I never dived into it until we you suggested it for the show. Right. But for the record, I think Saloon is an incredible album. Saloon is a great album, but this album, the first time I listened to it, just little spots jumped out to me. You know, the, the song You Will Go is actually the first thing that I heard from it. And it just popped up on one of the many mixes that Spotify puts together that um, I pop on once in a while. And that song jumped out to me. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the heavier parts jumped out to me. I'm pretty sure I had that on just in the background while I was doing something. And so the more I've listened to it, the more I liked it. But this album, the first time I listened through to it, I thought, nah, not for me. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But then for some reason, I gave it a second, a third, and I liked it more every time I listened to it. Not to bury the lead, the ongoing concept for whatever genre terms you want to use are very proggy. Yes. And, and when it comes to that kind of music, 
it takes a few listens to to really because I I find myself with with prog music the first time through is almost just to see where it goes. Yeah. And then once you know where it goes, you can actually focus on the changes. The first time it, it's almost jarring. <laughs> I think I think uh where you know you want to see where it goes, you can figure out do I like where it went? <laughs> and yeah. and then, you know, if you like kind of where it went, you can go, okay, I like this song or I like this band. Right. But, you know, I think that's one of the big defining things for, for some prog bands is, you know, they all kind of have the walk, but do you like the destination? And, yeah. you know, you have to like where, it, where it started and where it ended up. So correct me if I'm wrong. And I've listened to saloon very little. I've listened to this album more. Saloon's a bit more structured than this album. Ooh, I would actually disagree with that. Really? Saloon, there's some stuff on Saloon that is damn near unhinged coming off the rails. And this album, to me, sounds a lot more condensed and straightforward. Really? Straightforward for an ongoing concept record. It's still wacky, but... The, the first song on Saloon has like a like a Saloon style piano break going on. They go from and, and I mean, this album has a lot of the same tropes, but Saloon to me just does all the things that places does a little bit better. The heavier stuff feels heavier. The prettier stuff feels prettier. And and I don't know. Saloon just worked for me better. But yeah, that one is. That album goes goes some places. Okay, so I kind of felt like this album was the exact same kind of step that Finch took with Sunshine, with Say Hello to Sunshine, where it was like they put out an album that kind of had some more of, you know, their sound, I guess. I, I don't know. Refer back to the first episode of Breakdowns for our full opinion on, on that album. But... You know the uh, the first album kind of had a bit more of a uh, I guess a forward sound, more of a sound that they they wanted, they liked, that they knew people would like. You know, I, I Saloon was their first album, and they had you know all the time before that album came out to write it and to put it together. And this one, you know, I know that it was a huge lineup change. It was pretty much everybody except for the lead singer, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so which um... all the other members were like. Uh, siblings and best friends, like childhood yeah, they're best friends. they're all so. family, basically. Yeah. And to me, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, I listened to this album just going into it, knowing that I heard some of their other material, but I didn't read any reviews or anything. But after I listened to it and started taking notes, I did look at some reviews, and someone referred to this album as a more, I, I think they used the word somber version of the ongoing concept. And, yeah. and that, to me, does make sense. And I'll get into this more in sort of my final thoughts. But I think the chemistry between the family and the brothers and the best friends created a better dynamic songwriting-wise. Because I feel like these songs are really good. But I don't think they're as good as some of the songs I've heard on other records. That's fair. Um, and and that's so that's kind of where I'm at on this. Like one of the things like when we were talking about doing albums for the for the show, one of the things I kept thinking about was sort of the um the Black Sheep album or the album that the fans couldn't get behind or the fans 
absolutely love and the rest of the catalog just falls apart. And um, whether intentionally or not, I think you picked an interesting one here because this is the like almost a solo album for the the lead singer. It was completely intentional. It was, it was completely intentional. I knew what you were thinking the entire time. No, uh, not at all. I, I just, I, I have a surprise. Like I said, it was a surprise. Like for me, I have a surprise, very, you know, a, a big interest in this album and, you know, something that we can either dive into further on this one, or we can on a different album. But I think there is a, I don't, almost an industry concept at play within this album and the success of this band. And without knowing it, um, and, you know, you and I both grew up as fans of of bands that were signed to Tooth and & Nail, and then because of that, um, Solid State. So the Christian music label really kind of hurts a lot of bands and their success. And, you know, if if this band had not been signed to a label that was an offshoot of a christian label christian music label i don't know it's very it's very convoluted as far as labeling labeling it a a christian label because they didn't sign all christian bands and then uh solid state the offshoot of tooth and nail didn't sign all either and this band has never claimed to be from anything i could find they just they i think they just saw it as like this is a label that can sign us and that can let and and the label just you know let them do what they want to do because there's not a lot of expectations on massive album sales for any band that's signed to any Christian label. Well, also I think that this is the kind of band that I again doing just a little bit of research, I've seen a couple of really small outlets call them a Christian band. Yeah, and that's that's actually what I found as well. And I found it's because they're signed to Solid State but they never claimed to be. In fact, they never even claimed to be of any uh, religion of any kind from anything that I could find. They just, I, they were just a band in general. So, but I have seen some live footage of them performing in churches. Um, and I've also, to me, and, and this is, I think this says something right from right out the gate. If you listen to the lyrics, depending on how you want to interpret them, I, I think I think they make it clear that they're, at least the singer, is a man of faith. And maybe that's just my interpretation. Maybe I'm thinking I've got the solid state thing in the back of my head. But to me, there are songs, um, especially on Saloon, but there's one or two on here too that I feel like reach for that. Well, I think that actually kind of you saying that you had the solid state thing in your head lends itself to you thinking that way because there's actually a lot of bands that are signed to any label, whatever, that if you want to interpret the lyrics a certain way for a certain song, you can interpret them in the way of that. And so I think that if you make a point almost to not try to interpret lyrics in a certain way, in a way of, you know, so-and-so's a man of faith or or what have you, then you're not going to. But if you go into it with the, you know, thing in your head about they're signed to a label that also has these other bands to it, 
then you're going to change the way that you're perceiving the song. It's it's a weird, you know, back and forth. And I don't think that there is a clear, definite answer to it. I just think no. that bands being labeled a Christian band actually hurts their their chances at success more than it does help them in any way whatsoever. So two quick points on that counter argument. I knew that he is legend was signed to solid state and mm-hmm. I never got the impression they were a Christian band from the get go. Right. Right. And I think, I think part of that's because they, I feel like he is legend almost like worked against that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, and I feel like they, uh, solid state was like, Hey, you guys are good. We'd be interested. And they were like, you know what? We want to be signed and we want to go bigger. Let's go for and, it. And you know what? Say what you will, um, at least in the beginning, back in those days, if you were signed to Solid State, at least it was going to be a clean record. Even, yep. even if it wasn't True. necessarily about God and Jesus, like in the forefront. Well, I mean, I, a Hybrid Theory was a clean record. You oh, know, sure. Yeah. Sure. Actually, most of their stuff was clean. So you don't have to, you know go down that path to be a non-Christian band. But then I will also say as someone who is currently in a Christian rock band, that's very open about it. um, Which you've been in a lot of non-Christian rock bands. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in several Christian bands and non-Christian bands. And um, it's, it's interesting because you're, you're right. There is sort of a, uh, a mainstream hurdle that you have to get past that right. only a select few have ever really broken through you've got your switch foots your fly leaves your pod's but on the flip side like this past weekend i played a uh christian rock music festival in indiana you know two stages 50 bands thousand people all christian and so it's sort of both yeah but with that with that being said you know i i I'm not, I don't have a problem with a band that is clean, but not necessarily spiritual being on a quote unquote Christian label. Right. Uh, it's just the ones that use it as a marketing ploy to, to do like a festival like we just did. You right. Know? Right. Um, and, you know, it, and been doing that kind of thing for years. I, I think the, the fans overall are going to see if you're a band that you are who you are and you're not trying to be, more than or use something as as you said the marketing ploy and and what you were referring to before i like to call that the amy grant hurdle because you (laughs) you're you're in a christian band and you have to you have to cross over almost like you have to you have to like pass that that uh you got to pay your dues and sometimes those dues aren't fun i don't know anyway so i know that you and i could actually have a full conversation about about that that concept in itself. And I'd be interested in having that with actually um, some people, some more people of that community, but we are here to talk about the ongoing concepts album places. So I've said that this was their, uh, the same move as, um, as Finch had made, they had a big lineup change and I mean, you can hear the lineup change. Like I really didn't listen to saloon much. And on purpose, actually, for this. Uh, yeah. And you can hear the lineup change. I still think that they did something different with this album just to do something a little bit different to kind of step outside of their where they were comfortable. You know, they wanted to go places. Ha! I used it. So, well, and, and then, again, sort of like we've talked about with some of these other bands, if you want to get into it, 
there is a whole deeper thing going on. Like there's oh, yeah. a whole continuity with, with this band that they've tried to like maintain and stuff. And that's, yep. that's great. Yep. I am old and busy and don't yep. have the time for it, yep. but uh, I think it's neat that they do that. Right. So we have talked about on almost every album that, you know, for example, like the beginning of, uh, I think it was Kid A, or not Kid A, excuse me, of Radiohead's uh, OK Computer, like jumped out at me. I had talked about how they kind of like the middle kind of fell out. And, you yeah. know, we've talked about how almost every album has a place where it kind of fades out and peaks and valleys, if you will. Mm-hmm. This album doesn't have it to me. It just moves forward. You know, I think there's some highlights to the album. I think there's better songs, but yeah, this again, this album doesn't have a peak or a valley for me. Does it for you? Well, here's the thing. There's not really enough time for it to go that way. Right. This is essentially nine songs with, with a little intro at the top. Yeah. And, and you're right. I think it just keeps moving. None of the songs are very long. I think the longest song on this was uh, four minutes, 41 seconds, which is yeah, not a long song. So yeah, the whole thing clocks in in the 30 minute range. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and what's interesting too is because even though the songs are short, like we said on at the top, they're a little proggy. So yeah. you might have a song that starts with that, you know, twangy Southern rock hardcore sound. And then before you know it, there's a piano and a big, bright, shiny chorus. Mm-hmm. And I like the dynamics better on other records, but you can tell, I mean, you can flat out tell this is an ongoing concept record. There's mm-hmm. no denial. Yeah. So I had said before that I think there's a difference between, um, I think there's a lot of albums that actually get put into the category of a concept album. And I feel like there should be a third categorization in there of an idea album. And I felt like that's what this was. I felt like this was an idea. I don't feel like this is a concept album. I feel like with the lineup change of the brothers uh, or the, the siblings, I don't know if they were all brothers, but you know, the rest of the band, let's put it that way. You know, I felt like this was a, an attempt to almost walk down memory lane while also talking about where he is, you know, because that's how I actually interpret a lot of the lyrics as, you know, the the big standout track to me, You Will Go. It's relatively tame in some places and then really big in other places. And, you know, he screams um, the places you have been make you who you are. The places you will go make you who you will become. And that's how he ends the song. And so I really felt like that was him writing a song about like, that's where I was. This is where I am. Where am I going? Did you watch the video? No, no, I haven't actually. So let me tell you what the video is. Okay, sure. And I like, and I actually avoided the videos on purpose. So it's the lead singer walking through all the set pieces from their previous music videos on his way to perform a show with the new guys in his band. <laughs> so I'm not wrong. I'm going to guess you interpreted this one correctly. I think I did. 
I think I did. Um, and and you'll see that later on in the album too, uh, on track four, the print. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if you want to go song by song on this one. I'm I'm good. Either I don't way, but. I don't think this one needs a song by song. There are certain songs I wanted to wanted to hit on, which actually one of the things I wanted to hit on was I think this is the first album we've done that actually has an intro. Like other albums we've done have had intros to songs, but I don't think we've done an album with an actual intro to the album, which is a long intro at two minutes and 22 seconds. You know, maybe we did. I don't know. I think that a, an intro for an album, you know, I've talked about how uh, an album, the first track needs to set you up for what you're getting. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, I think that an album that has an intro doesn't necessarily need to, the intro doesn't need to be what you're getting, but also at the same time, this one kind of was because um, while I love that guitar tone that happens in the song, the song uses reverse sounds to keep rhythm, which I thought was an interesting move. The song, you know, again, it's an intro, but I feel like it's if John Mayer played guitar on an intro that was played backwards. I don't know. It was a weird thing. So it, it I, set I, it I up, but it didn't, I, I don't know. The, uh, the beginning of Coheed's album that was kind yeah of long intro. okay yeah um and with Coheed albums and I know I mentioned it on that one I usually will listen to the beginning track long enough to realize like I did, we're skipping this we don't need this you know and and spoiler alert the next album we're talking about has an intro too does it uh, I know I've listened to it a couple times but I don't remember if it has an intro but i'm you know after we get done with this conversation i'm definitely you know diving deeper into it so uh but so for me at least you will go and shake it kind of have kind of a similar vibe to one another kind of dancey upbeat and then track four the print Is kind of what you were saying about the concept of you will go. Uh, the print literally references CoverGirl. It it's yeah. literally. I saw even, that in the lyrics. So yeah, yeah. It even ends with a joke with the singer saying, "No, no, 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 no. We yeah. already did this song. I don't want to do it again." Away from home, nobody knows where I'm gonna go. We're just writing the coattails of another song. So, no, I don't, I don't want to do this one. The song um, ends with them going acapella and then yeah. him, um, you know, interrupting them, stopping them, saying these run the, they're running the coattails of a previous song. And so, within, uh, you know, the beginning of the song starts with him saying, All right, gather around again. Here we go. Yep. You know, does it the beginning of Cover Girl? Yeah, right. And it's funny. I actually want to go back to something that you said that you felt like Shake It. <laughs> kind of 
it felt the same as You Will Go. And the weird thing about this album is that I actually felt like where I talked about before, it's an idea album. I felt like that this album almost had movements that certain songs actually kind of go together in it, where it's like, we don't have a full concept, but we have an idea of this thing that we want to do. I have songs that I feel like pair up. Well, um, in this case, uh, the print, I felt like actually was kind of the beginning to a three-part series where I thought off the cuff. That feels like it's a continuation um, with a lot more tambourine. (laughs) And, you know, where the print actually had a lot of what I felt like really cool, like um, uh, snare drum rim shots, you know, like fills of those almost, which I don't feel like we hear enough, especially on newer stuff, you know, on an album, you hear it live, you know, during a drum uh, drum solo. Uh, But I agree with you. I think the print off the cuff and domesticated. Four, five, and six all do like have a, I don't want to say a similar vibe, but you're right. They kind of all work together. Which I don't feel like this is a headphones album, but I do feel like Off the Cuff is a headphones song. Off the Cuff was the one that really jumped out to me that headphones were a bonus feature on it. I mean, you definitely don't need it to listen to it, but you know, off the cuff was one of those where I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is good. Like you heard lots of stuff, but domesticated again, I'm going to go along with what you were just saying that it does feel like the third act of the print, but I want you to go and listen to a band and uh, we're going to cover one of their albums. Uh, There's a band called closure in Moscow domesticated, Sounds like Closure in Moscow, which Closure in Moscow I've always described as a emo prog band. So here's how I described Domesticated. This is what I wrote in my notes. The top of this song gave me a bit of the used and a little bit of Billy Talent. It almost sounds like vaudeville punk metal. I don't love this song, but I love that past the halfway mark, they're still throwing new stuff out. This one had a different vibe to me, and I liked that. Now, one of the things that I want to, and I think now's a good time to bring this up, sonically, there's something that these guys do that a lot of heavy bands don't do. Yep. And that, as a guitar player, I notice these things. Especially now, 2023, heavy equates to down-tuning. And in order to quote-unquote be heavy, you have to tune down to drop L minus. Like you have to do this like eight strings detuned to full step down and all kinds of nonsense. And, and I like some of that, but what's interesting here is these dudes are really, really heavy, but it's very high pitched. Even the screams are mostly like high pitched screams. A lot of the guitar is higher octaves, higher keys. And it it just gives it a whole different sound. Okay, so Closure in Moscow, the first time I heard him, and when we covered the album, I'll bring this up again. The first time I heard him, a buddy introduced me to him and I described him as 
if the Mars Volta and uh, Say Anything had a baby. And so that's kind of what this song actually sounds like to me as well. I hear that. I hear that. And so I actually think that there have been a couple almost like on a uh, Hot Wheels racetrack, you put little booster spots where it goes faster. It's like, and it still is the same thing, but all of a sudden it's got more. And so we saw a, I, I feel like the new metal movement that happened was a huge influence on what ended up becoming emo music, screamo stuff. I feel like it was a huge influence on that. But then I felt like within that, there became a huge division with the breakup of at the drive-in where you had people either listen to Sparta or the Mars Volta. And it always goes back to those two. It really honestly does. I really feel like at the drive-in was a hugely influential band and those two bands that came out of it ended up becoming a huge influence on a lot of people and the ongoing concept. I feel like the lead singer listened to a lot of the Mars Volta. And that's why we actually heard more of the proggy sound on this album than we have on other stuff. There's my big music theory or not music ongoing concept theory. Not to just completely derail us, but one thing that I've gone down a rabbit hole on that I found very funny is AI generated residential debates. So okay. there's all of these on YouTube where like it's it's like Trump, Biden, and Obama, and they're doing tier lists of video games and bands and Metallica albums, and like it's so funny. They make them say the most just atrocious stuff, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I heard. I don't remember where I. I don't know it. how that related to what I was talking about, but cool. <laughs> it's it's coming. All right. I saw it on Instagram. Someone took a back and forth thread between a couple of guys, gave one voice to uh, to Trump and one voice to Biden, arguing about if at the drive-in was a new metal band. And it was really funny because of the voices, but it's a legitimate question because if you actually go back and listen to the roots of new metal, one of the biggest things of it was experimentation. It was... Mm-hmm. Let's mix some rap with this rock and some shoegaze with this prog. And you get bands that sort of fizzled out because they went too hard into one thing and were silly. But then bands like Korn and Deftones have sort of stood the test of time because they did it so well. And I think both of those have stood the test of time the same way that a car salesman ends up selling a car because they outlasted everybody else. Yes, that's true, because not every album in that 30 years span is gold. No, but I think you have to admit there is a touch of in you metal in ongoing concept sound. Oh yes. I'm I'm not going to deny that at all. And I actually um, have started looking at future albums and uh, I really want to actually talk about uh, at the drive-in album, which we will dive more into it. But I feel like actually at the drive-in what was a band that Almost is, I don't want to say they're a new metal band, but I feel like they were very much a new metal band in the same way that Rage Against the Machine was a new metal band, but they did have more of those influences because they were younger and they had more, I feel like, uh, punk influences. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, whereas, whereas Rage was more of the hip hop influence, and yeah, right. Right. And I wanna with Rage I would with Rage I would say they were more of the eighties hip hop influence, you know. Yeah. So all right. 
let's let's get back to the ongoing concepts. And I I'm gonna do a or we're gonna do a uh, uh, at the driving album, and we can run down that rabbit hole hard and fast. Yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. No, all good. Okay, so I do want to talk about number seven, bargain. So lost, so much anxiety. I don't know if I I know that we have said that we're not going to do track by track breakdown and pretty much done all of them on this album so far, but I felt like bargain actually had something to it that we don't see on albums anymore. And I think part of it's because we don't really see albums that much anymore. Most of them are just digital downloads or listens to on Spotify, but this, this album had uh, the slowdown song and I have talked about, my list of songs for an album that kind of have to be good ones. And seven is one of those. And I think this is a great song. I don't think this is a song that sounds like really anything else on the album. Uh, it's a piano led ballad with an, it's a piano led ballad that shows that he can sing, but also it reminds you that you don't have to have a great voice to be a great singer all the time. You just have to have almost a great. Uh, uh, okay. You have to have almost a different sound all before it. And then suddenly you're thrown into something that you are able to stay within the restrictions of your voice. And I think this is an important thing that doesn't happen on albums anymore, where a band shows they can slow down that you really only see during live concerts. I agree. And to me, like this is a, this to me sounds like a praise and worship song. Like this to me the the structure of it, the lyrics of it, I get that impression. Now I felt like uh, the I can't remember the track on. Um, oh, it's all gone now. Like I'm not remembering any of it. But uh, the that track on what's that one band? The Sleep Token. I don't know why I couldn't remember Sleep Token. Now, I felt like sleep token had more of a praise and worship song on their album than this song is, but I could oh. see how the song is. I feel like this is a piano actually to make it into a worship song. It's like a seventies piano ballad worship song. This sounds like a praise and worship song about Jesus. Whereas sleep token songs are praise and worship songs about, they say a God named sleep, but really booty. Yeah. That's, that's the difference there. Again, I like this one. I like, I agree with you about the vocals. You can hear, I will say this, for better or for worse, there's not a whole lot of digital manipulation going on. No, not on at all. The, on the uh, acoustic instruments. I, I don't mean acoustic, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, non, the non-electric driven yeah. instruments. Because there's yeah. keys and synth and, and strings and stuff in here, but... The vocals are very raw, um, mm-hmm. which, again, I feel like when the other vocalist is in the band doing the screaming, his vocals, very unique scream. But it's not like a it's not an aggressive scream. No. Yeah. It's, it, again, it's high pitched. It's, yep. it's in a higher register. So it gives it a whole different thing. But, yeah, I can hear the uh, the pitchiness in the vocal but that almost just makes it feel more genuine and heartfelt. I, I don't, I don't mind it here. Have you ever heard swing swing? I think it's, um, 
All-American Rejects? No, not All-American. Uh, Maybe it's not Swing Swing. I'm going to have to remember it now, and uh, it's going to make me mad that I can't right now. But there seemed to be this thing that, that happened in the, I would say, mid to late 2000s, where you did have a few bands that put out these you know these acoustic albums these or these acoustic songs and they were pitchy you know they they weren't great singers for that but the but the song worked you know and then you have now a weird and crazy trend that i don't fully understand of where bands are doing these stripped acoustic albums as a whole of previous stuff and we didn't see that for a long time. We actually just would see the occasional, you know, MTV unplugged, or they're doing reimagined altogether. And you know, Rain City Drive did a reimagined album, and it's a damn pop album. Like it's just, I, I don't, I don't like it at all. But I feel like they're uh, going the direction of a pop band. But that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, as I wear a Rain City Drive T-shirt, <laughs> so I, I think this was an important move for them. But also, at the same time, I think it was a needed move for this album because this album is such a fast-paced, intense album in reality. Sure. So, go With on. that being said, what did you think of the next song, Omi? Actually, I was going to say we go from this piano led ballad to this all out assault. <laughs> okay. So I would say if I had to name a song that is closest associated with the album before this, it's, it's this. Omen. Yep. So if you like how, cause I, I even have it in my notes, it's a little unhinged and feels a little bit sloppy, but mm. in a good way. This and, is the actually in my notes I put this is the closest to a metalcore type track on this album. Now imagine everything that you hear in this song, add with like a honky tonk piano and a banjo in there for no reason. It's just happening, and that's the first album. Okay, <laughs> and like I told you, I haven't listened to the to the first album much. I listened to it a little bit, but I heard some of what you're what you're uh, describing there, but. I would and we can take this off mics, but after this, maybe give that one just like a once over and, and just tell me what you think about that one uh, in comparison to this one. I will. I will. Um, okay. So Punisher. You think I'm so awesome. You think I'm so awesome. You think I'm so awesome. I don't want to spend much time on it. Uh, it was. No. In my opinion, a funk metalcore yeah. song, I, and the uh, chorus was catchy to me. That's really all I put on it. I, I didn't put a whole lot of time into that. Punisher didn't really jump out to me. I told you this album didn't have peaks and valleys, but yeah. this was not a standout track to me. So, but For me, Punisher just felt a little bit like the first couple songs. Yeah, uh, and and they wanted to bring it down just a little bit before Spirit Lake because Spirit Lake. While more upbeat than Bargain, it's closer to that sonically than most of the album. 
So my notes on Spirit Lake. It closes the album out with a 90s alt-rock feel. Vocals are impressive on this track. The lead guitar is perfect. However, there is an interlude where it shines brightest. I mean, like, Spirit Lake to me was a great damn song. Like, it it really was. This this song in itself had peaks and valleys, but mostly just peaks. But then uh, the song and album just abruptly stop. (laughs) Just... And I had to I had to look it up to see was that sound like an ocean like you know the wave like right at the shore or yeah. no it's a damn washing machine that's awesome it's that's a washing awesome. machine yeah and uh, also on that one former vocalist band member Kyle Schultz actually does the screaming uh, towards okay. the end of that song yeah so that makes sense so I will say uh, to get a little nerdy with you here usually when you hear a guitar solo. The, a guitar has pickups and there's mm-hmm. usually a switch to, you know, switch between which pickup you want to use. Yep. And nine times out of 10, especially in metal, especially in heavy music, you go to the body pickup and you do kind of a clean high gain to get a, a ripping solo. Like that's where you get that tone for a lot of yep. lead licks. But here that is a neck pickup. I guarantee it. And it is over fuzzed and it gives it this, fat sound as opposed to like uh, a thin clean sound see that is and not something i would have uh put it picked up on because you know i'm not a you know right but but that and that's i think again just part of their like dynamics and the way they think about it because you've already got that high thin sound with the piano so the guitar went the other way yep. and they they don't clash they melt they they melt together really nicely i like this one a lot i think this one is a really nice mix of things i don't like the way it ended i i was ex- i wanted some kind of resolve okay um, just, it literally just stops <laughs> so yeah it it literally stops and yes i understand your need for a resolve on it because that's how I felt about it until I was just, you know, listening to the album, just, you know, sitting here with headphones on. And I didn't realize that repeat was on as an experiment. I want you to hop on over to Spotify or whatever, listen to the last song, let it repeat and go into the first go into the intro. And it does it flawlessly. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, I've never seen an album do that, a, a band do that, where they, you know, lead the last song into the first song. And I don't know if they actually did that, or if that was an intentional thing, or if it's just something that ended up working out. But it is oh. a really cool little thing. And to be honest, man, I feel like everything these guys do is intentional. It I feel may like be. every nook and cranny is like, I mean, I mean, I've seen some live stuff. They're bonkers. They're yeah. absolutely insane. They're not worried about playing every note correctly. Which is what a band should do on, you know, for, yes. you know. But album wise, it feels very meticulous. Mm-hmm. You can't be this talented and play this out of control sometimes and and not be meticulous. Yeah. And I, I think that you really should go back and listen to the way that it ended into the beginning, into the first song, because it I. It changed my feelings on how the song ends. We hit when we stop recording. I will do that, and you will listen to Saloon. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely, Maybe. I will. But yeah, it uh, the the song 
stops suddenly and weirdly, just like so many things are on this album. It's just a weird change in choice, plain and simple. So 100%, this is a great album that deserves to listen to. I think this was, I'm going to stick to what I said in the beginning. I think this is the same kind of move that Finch made with Sunshine, where a lot of people that liked Saloon, loved Saloon, heard this one and said, nah, no, we're not going to do that. And those people really should go back and listen to this album. This album is worth listening to. I think that the lyrics, as we've talked about, can be interpreted differently. I did not interpret the lyrics the way that you did at all. Although my interpretation of You Will Go <laughs> was actually pretty spot on. And I think that the uh, the album, the way that it ends, needs to be paid attention to and listened to in a certain way. So I think this is a great one. I think this is one of those deals where... And- Dawson Schultz. That's his name. Yeah. Dawson Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, name's Dawson. And then the other vocalist, Kyle Schultz, actually is yeah. the one that shows up on the last song. And if you watch videos of them, especially when they're younger, you can tell they're all related. Like they all have like very yeah. similar facial structures. And we're, and we're going to talk about another record similar to this later that has a band's name attached to it. But if you actually look into it, it's almost like a solo record by one of the members from that band. Well, I mean, and, we've we've talked about over the years how many bands there are that are still around from some other time period that has one of the remaining members. Right, exactly. You know, and how many how many albums have they actually put out that just have the band's name on it that's really just a damn solo album? A guy, yeah. And so to me, this album stands out because it feels like a Dawson Shoals solo record when compared to the rest of their catalog. I agree that it, it's a departure, but it's not so far removed from what their other records sound like that there's not a lot to enjoy here. It doesn't live up to my favorite record by the band, but I hear all the pieces. And mm-hmm. so it's still a great. I mean, it's still really good for yeah. sure. All right. So standout tracks on this album, you will go domesticated and bargain. I think that last track is a is a great song, but I can see how the ending really threw you off as it did me in the beginning. And I don't want to say a track is a standout song, uh, a standout track, if you have to listen to it a certain way. Like, I feel like a standout track should be one that you could just hear and and enjoy. Yes, yes and no, but there are songs where the first time through I didn't get it. It didn't click with me that later on it did. But but I know what you're saying too. Like a, a standout track, nine times out of ten, is going to grab you by the feels the first time you hear it. Right. Whether it bumps you up or brings you down or whatever it needs to do. Um, yep. I got you. All right. So my uh, closing summary: Upon first listen, this album can be confusing, and most will think it just isn't good. A deeper listener will show you that this is simply not the case. The music composition on places is nothing short of brilliant. It seems each of the ongoing concept albums are almost concept albums in and of themselves, but are more idea albums. This is a look at the, this album is a look at the places and changes the band has been through. Places runs the gamut of the ongoing concepts history. The album can be a grower, but it's still stellar. It's still a fantastic album. The instrumentation is insanely good and not like their other stuff at all. And the vocals continue to improve from album to album. 
I'm sure the sudden change of band lineup, being in a band with your brothers and your childhood best friends, to having them all leave at once is sobering at best. The new band comes through it all to deliver an album worthy of the ongoing concept's name. And I give this album a 7.5. So, uh, mine's a lot shorter. I, as I was writing it, I was like, I don't probably need to make this as long. And I feel like I repeat myself a couple times in here, but you know what? Screw it. I've, I've been editing this, you know, uh, peek behind the curtain. We danger and I have both been very busy with, with lots of things. Well, but this one took a minute to finally get around to recording. So I've edited these notes a couple times. So this, this is only like two paragraphs, but it still might not be coherent. We'll see. Mine, it, it's structured as one paragraph. It could probably be two though. (laughs) (laughs) I, I said there are parts of this album I enjoy, but there really aren't any songs that I find getting stuck in my head that are, or that I feel like I really drawn to revisit frequently. This isn't an album that I, uh, had heard a lot of before doing the show, but I did listen to it at some point because I was, you know, getting into their catalog and this one just didn't click with me as much as some of the other ones did. So when I was doing a little research and I realized that Dawson Shoals was the only original member in the band for this record, then it made more sense to me and I could kind of listen to it a little differently. He may be the main dude in the band, but I feel like the songwriting sort of, just wasn't quite as solid as it was on previous records. There's no denying the musicianship these guys have, but the songs just aren't as strong for me. If this was the only record or the first record I ever heard by the ongoing concept, I think I would be far more impressed. But knowing the rest of their catalog, this album just feels a little weaker by comparison. It doesn't do anything wrong per se. It just doesn't reach the quality they've shown on other records before and after one to 10 i give it a six okay that's fine so we as uh breakdowns for breakfast give this album a 6.75 i really i think i really brought it down there for you and i'm sorry well i mean i the only thing that was in there for just me was 7.5 and so you brought down to 6.75 but hey you know what let me tell you this though i had it as a five and okay. after having this conversation with you and and thinking about the songs a little more, I bumped it up a number. Okay. I actually, so, um, I was actually teetering between uh, 7 and 7.5. And I think at its core, just because this is an album where, where the band, you know, I, I understand it's just lead singer, but I feel like maybe he was, you know, felt like he could move and, and do more. And I appreciate an album that, you know, shows a band stretching i guess the extra 0.5 was just appreciation (laughs) it's funny how like i think we both agreed that this album is a departure from the one before it and it's funny that you see it as a stretch and and i see it almost as like a constricting like they went from a grander spectacle to a more streamlined focused uh, on this album which and part of that itself Part of that maybe because I haven't really listened to Saloon. So, yeah, and and that's the thing when we do these records. I don't want to say out of order, but like you know, we pick one out of the middle of a band's catalog that's been around for five, ten, twenty years. Yeah, you know, 
some of that is going to be like in the back of your minds as you yeah. have, as we have these discussions. But yeah, that's one of the reasons why when you bring me an album, I try to not listen to other things or really look at reviews to see yeah. what, you know, cause a lot of times reviews will tell you like, Hey, this previous album was better or whatnot. And I actually had a hard time with, uh, with this one because, you know, not, I didn't have a hard time. Let's say I had to really kind of dive into you know, what else was being said about it because it was, okay, I have this concept of this album, this idea of this album, this opinion, but there's some pieces here that are missing for me. And I need to kind of like, you know, almost be influenced. I think part of it was because of, as you were talking about all the shit that we've had going on. And it's like, I, you know, I need to focus on this album when I sit down to write this stuff. Uh, So it was a little inevitable to not have some influence by other stuff. Yeah, and and I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was listening to some other music today in prep for an episode we may be doing down the line, and uh, I, I just I just flat out had to turn it off. Yeah, I was like, can't I can't see the computer because there's too many tears in my eyes. I'm I'm going to turn this off now. Yeah. Um. And so yeah. Uh, however, on a lighter note, uh, you can edit this and put it at the top of the episode. Drinking game. Take a shot every time me or danger says the word concept. If you can make it through the episode, you might need AA. <laughs> well, I mean, considering concept is in the band's name itself. Okay. But I've also, just because of that, I've I've noticed it every time you or I have said it as in the context of like the concept of this band, the concept of this genre of music. And I'm like, concept of christian rock like oh god well, i mean said it so many times. yeah i love it all right cool well monster what album are we talking about next week so as i mentioned earlier sometimes like to do the black sheep of a of a band's catalog sometimes you the gotta album. pick the black sheep band but <laughs> yeah yeah the black sheep band and their black sheep album coal chambers chamber music okay. gonna gonna jump right back into new metal proper <laughs> yeah, uh, you're. I mean, it's like a new metal enema, but cool. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it's All right. Aggressive. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want us to actually talk about an album, shoot us an email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com. Oh, and, yeah, we'd love to get some suggestions. That'd yeah. Be cool. Or, you know, if you have your opinions that you want to share on an album that we've covered, please, by yeah. all means, send them our way. We'll tell you that you're wrong on air. All right, cool. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Good morning, good evening, whatever time you listen to this. Have a good day at work. Bye. Later.